there are some pitchers that we want to return to the Reds bullpen in 2024. And there are some we don't. We'll tell you who on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker, and he's Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love the Cincinnati Reds. We've taken our love of the game and we have turned that love of the game into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, we're going to dig into the Reds bullpen and decide who we think should stay and who we think should go for the 2024 season. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweeper. Swing for the fences on Sweeper picks and you could win up to a hundred times your money. Download the Sweeper app and use the promo code locked on and you'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, Jeff, the bullpen. We talked about it a little bit in yesterday's show. We touched on a couple themes that we were going to carry over into today. Uh, but a good way to just look at this bullpen is let's take the list and decide who we think they should keep and who we think they should get rid of to create some opportunities for upgrades. Uh, the, the who stays list very easily starts with the closer, starts with the guy that led the team in saves. It starts with your dude, Alexis Diaz. Dude is the bullpen ace. I mean, it's it's a very easy decision with him. Uh, you you talk about some of the big time bullpen ace closer guys that hit the free agent market. We we mentioned Josh Hader's just like a passing kind of like, hey, how about that one? He's due to probably make somewhere around seventeen million dollars a year. That's the kind of production that you get from Alexis Diaz. I really think that Diaz is in the same conversation as Josh Hader. He's in the same conversation as his brother, Edwin Diaz. Alexis Diaz is one of the five best closers, five best bullpen aces in Major League Baseball. So obviously yeah. he he is the dude that, that stays number one guy that stays in this bullpen list. And, and this bullpen, we've talked about it multiple different times this past season. Every day will know how much that we love this bullpen. They played so well, pitched so fantastically, and one of the big reasons that the Reds stayed in the playoff race as long as they did, and Alexis Diaz was reason numero uno that this bullpen was good. Yeah, 37 saves in 71 appearances or 3.07 ERA, 67.1 innings pitch. Probably, Jeff, a little bit overused. I think that there were times they, they pushed him to his limits. But still, even that 11.5 strikeouts per nine, he did walk 4.8 per nine. I'd like to see that number improve a little bit heading into next year. But I think some of that could be attributed back to that overuse, but you're absolutely right. Alexis Diaz, ace number one of this bullpen. And if we're talking about guys that were, were our locks, locks to remain in this bullpen that we want to see back, uh, I think for me the next name on the list is Lucas Sims. We, we touched yeah. on this uh, in yesterday's show. He pitched in 20 more games than his career high coming off of an injury and still yet managed to keep his ERA at 3.10, 67 appearances. He managed, he got three saves in 61 innings, strikeouts per nine, 10.6, walks 5.8. He's another one I would like to see to improve that. Uh, but with the correct amount of usage, I think he'll be just fine. 
I agree. And I mean, you're talking about a dude that really knows how to just pitch in big moments. It, it felt like he was very good at stopping other teams from scoring with, with guys in scoring position. Uh, he was fantastic when it came to putting the ball in the glove of his defense. Uh, his BABIP against him was 212, despite the fact that he was not very much a ground ball pitcher. He only had 23% ground ball rate a theme that we will talk about as we move throughout the show, both he and, and uh, Alexis Diaz, neither one was a great, great ground ball pitcher, but they got their outs. They kept the door shut. Lucas Sims. It just, it, it felt like he was constantly coming in with the bases loaded or two guys in scoring position. And then the other team had no run scored a phenomenal year for him. And I believe that he continues it next season. So this next guy on the list, lock, not a lock. I don't know. I'm interested to hear what you think, but we're going to talk about Ian Jabot for, for just a minute. Led the team in appearances at 74, uh, pitched 75 and two-thirds innings uh, during the 2023 baseball season. His numbers, you know, 8.2 strikeouts per nine, 3.3 on his base, uh, his, uh, his walks per nine. So... He pitched great. He pitched in a way that was unexpected. I think you're right. We probably should have can at least considered him in the conversation for, you know, most surprising red of 2023, but I'm always leery of relief pitchers. When you use them this way, the following year, you know, we find guys come out and they forgot how to pitch. Uh, they're not able to put it together. I'm a little worried what it's going to look like when he fires it back up out in Goodyear for 2024. Is Ian Jabot a guy you consider a lock for this bullpen? Well, firstly, let's uh, pat ourselves on the back here because we went officially six minutes into a show about the bullpen without me saying the words relief pitching is a fickle thing. But relief pitching is a fickle thing. And the way that he kind of profiles as a relief pitcher, his ERA, he got a little bit lucky. Last year, his the X FIP, the expected fielding independent pitcher. We talk about this a lot as a good predictor for what a pitcher's ERA should look like in the future. And because his strikeout rate was a little bit below league average, and because he didn't keep the ball on the ground very often, it was seen as a little bit lucky. 3.33 ERA probably should have been more closer to four, but still, I think that Ian Jabot should stay. I, I agree that he is a guy that you can kind of rely on. Now, the caveat is I want that to be as a middle relief guy. Like he is a, he is the kind of the benchmark that I want the front office to look at and say, we need to have better pitchers in this bullpen than him. Not necessarily because he is not good, but because I think he overachieved on what he gave the Reds this season felt like there was a little bit of luck involved. And I want to see the Reds kind of go better than Ian Jabot for their other setup man that, that, that follow Lucas Sims. All right. The next guy on the list is kind of interesting because I didn't really see the comparison until you pointed it out in show prep, but that is just how good Fernando Cruz was really yes. for the Reds in 2023 and, and where you put him in this bullpen hierarchy. Um, I think he's up and comer. He's on the rise and his numbers would support considering him, you know, not being the closer, but you, you, we may have a setup man in Fernando Cruz in 2024. For every bit of luck that Ian Jabot had, Fernando Cruz had the opposite. He had bad luck. In fact, the statistic I use for Ian Jabot, XFIP, 
Fernando Cruz had the best XFIP in the bullpen, and that includes Alexis Diaz. Alexis Diaz XFIP was 4.2, Fernando Cruz 3.7. So yeah, you're initially you're going to see Fernando Cruz, and you're going to see an ERA of five. You're going to be like that guy wasn't good. You'd be wrong because he had a better strikeout rate than Alexis Diaz, a better walk rate than Alexis Diaz, and he kept the ball in the ballpark. Now he's once again, a guy that needs to keep the ball on the ground a little bit more, but the way that he was able to pitch and that split finger uh, change up that he has is absolutely phenomenal and just absolutely just baffles dudes at the plate. Like he is a dude I want to see back next year and maybe even more. So I, I think that he's better than Ian Jabot. I think he's like right there on the cusp of standing toe to toe with Lucas Sims. Listen, you look at Fernando Cruz's numbers, Jeff, and strikeouts per nine. He was right at two strikeouts per nine better than Alexis Diaz while being one walk less per nine than Alexis Diaz. So, I mean, if you throw out the ERAs, Fernando Cruz probably pitched a little bit better at times than Alexis Diaz. So uh, that makes for a great one-two punch. Now, you either can consider... Fernando Cruz as being a setup guy, an eighth inning man for the Reds in 2024. Or as we know, as much as, as David Bell tries, Alexis Diaz can't pitch every day and you need somebody else to close on those other nights when, when Diaz isn't available. I think Fernando Cruz might be your guy in 2024 to be closer B. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree on that. And then the, the last lock and it's funny because we've said that, you know, one of the things the Reds need to go get this offseason is bullpen pitching. And here we are giving you five locks, but our fifth lock to return to this bullpen next year, Sam Mall. He's under team control. And ever since he was traded for, has pitched absolutely amazing for the Reds. No, he has. And and he's another one that that, you know, Another trade that Nick Crawl made that has paid off. Uh, he was a great addition to the bullpen in 2023, and I, I look forward to having him here for an entire season. Strikeouts per nine, he he averaged eight strikeouts per nine innings while with the Reds. Uh, he walked four. Uh, I, again, I I really would like to see these these walks per nine under four. Yes. Uh, which is why I like Fernando Cruz. He came in just short of that at 3.8. So uh, there's some there's some room for improvement there, even for Mole. But I, I think, you know, as a lefty out there in the bullpen, uh, he's going to be valuable, especially when we get into the, to the next segment about uh, what we think the Reds need to do for additions. Yeah, Sam Mole definitely fits the profile as a bullpen lock for us. Darth Mole is our fifth lock of the bullpen. But you know, Steve, that means... There are a couple of guys that we do not believe should return to the pen. We'll tell you who those are coming up next. Before we get into that, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper Picks. You know, the playoffs are down to the League Championship Series stage, which means the clock is ticking to get in on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball's never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Bryce Harper, Corbin Carroll, and even the young guy over there in the Rangers, Evan Carter, uh, manning the diamond. You can pick those guys. You can pick your favorite stats and just pick more or less on things like homers, strikeouts, hits, runs scored, all that great stuff, stolen bases. Uh, and you can win up to 100 times your payout uh, on Sleeper. Get your picks right. You can win big. 
And in fact, uh, thinking of win big, you know who's going to help you win big? Nick Castellanos himself, future Mr. October, because he is absolutely kicking butt on the diamond. I think I'd smash more on those homers every game he plays in because he has just been sending all kinds of deep drives out of the park. And if you think Cassianos would be a good guy to help you uh, win 100 times your money, you need to check out Sleeper Picks. Plus, when you sign up, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. So get 100 times your cash and get up to $100 match on your first deposit with Sleeper. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Remember, that promo code is locked on. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day. Every day is coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast, the return of Aloha Fridays. We'll be live with you as you drive the ship. We're going to talk Reds with you. We're, you know, we're going to look at memories of this season. We're going to look at big what-if moments, what could have happened, and uh, some thoughts that you might have on bullpen editions and things like that. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, the first Aloha Friday of the off season and you can join the lockdown reds insiders with me where you get breaking news scoops inside uh, information and exclusive content delivered directly to your phone and you can even chat with me uh, on a one-on-one text basis i am excited to have you be part of the lockdown reds insiders join lockdown reds insiders now by texting go reds to 513-597-0944 or follow the link in the description of today's episode all right, Steve, we gave the five locks. We gave the guys who are returning, the guys that we want to see back in the bullpen next year. It means there, there are a couple of guys that are believing us. Can't hear you. Well, we have to turn off the mute button first is what we, we have go. to do. <laughs> Good grief. All right, listen, there's a lot that goes into the consideration of of, of making uh, rooms for upgrades in this bullpen. It's more than just performance on the field. You also have to take into account uh, if a player has options, if the team will be able to keep him for organizational depth versus having to you know, basically release him in order to, to free up the spot. Uh, we did that, but we didn't put a whole lot of, of regard into whether or not the Reds would have to cut a guy or if they had options. Uh, we're just looking to upgrade this bullpen. So for me, the, the, that conversation and probably the hardest one in this group to talk about is Derek Law, because mm-hmm. when you look at his numbers, when you look at what Derek Law did for the Reds, he managed to get into 54 games for the Reds in 2023 and through 55 innings. His numbers weren't horrible for, for the ERA crowd. He sat at 3.60 which is respectable for a bullpen pitcher uh, in major league baseball. And you look at his strikeouts per nine, 7.4. Here's where the, it starts to jump off the rails for me. His, his walks per nine was 4.3 compared to that 7.4 strikeout rate. Uh, I feel like while he was okay, he is definitely below that line of guys that we want to say, here's the cutoff here. Here's the cutoff where we need to upgrade from. He's below that line. So for me, he's the first guy that's a, a, a odd man out. Maybe you could trade him in the offseason in a package to try and, and make something happen for an outfielder. Uh, but I don't see him as being a part of this Reds bullpen in 2024. No, and, and the other thing that Derek Law really has working against him, he he just was not good at keeping the ball on the ground. It's a, a theme that we continue to talk about. 
38.4% ground ball rate. His his xFIP says he was getting uh, pretty lucky with that ERA at 3.68. His xFIP was 4.87. And now he gave the Reds some some very uh, you know, admirable performances. He 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 was able to pitch in some key spots, and we were able to you know sing uh, you know the Cubs fought the law and the law won or something like that. Uh, but when it comes to Derek law moving forward, yes, he is a guy that I think that the reds can go out and, and, and upgrade in their bullpen. Um, I'm with you. I think I like the idea of like seeing if he could work in a, in a package deal for some sort of trade or something like that. Another guy that uh, we're looking at is probably at least an odd man out of the major league bullpen is Alex young. Now, the caveat here is he does have an option, so he can be depth and within the organization. And that's really important. That's important. Yes. They don't have to move on from him in the terms of like getting rid of him. They can send him down to AAA and be a very key rotational piece. You're a very, you know, as in you know, rotating from Louisville to Cincinnati and being an extra arm for them when they need it. But we're talking about a dude that he's a lefty pitcher that had reverse splits against lefties. Lefties actually hit him better than right-handed pitchers did. And for a for a bullpen that needs to prioritize keeping the ball on the ground and things like that, he was actually better than some of these guys at that. But for the most part, you really need to see some better arms that they have a better lefty arm and say them all. Yeah, and, and listen, uh, reverse splits aside, in 63 appearances for the Reds in 2023, his strikeouts per nine, 8.4, his walks per nine, 3.4. So he's kind of in that lane where you want a guy. And you can't have enough decent left-handed relief pitching in your back pocket. So if you've got an Alex Young sitting down at AAA, and it means that you've gone out and got another lefty, which we'll talk about coming up in the third segment, uh, that's great organizational depth to have. That, yes. That's that's a different feel than what this bullpen had this last season because you were you were looking at the the Louisville roster going, you know, if another guy goes down, you know, we <laughs> joked often about them asking you to come pitch an inning or two. So right. uh, th- that's a whole different narrative. And and I and I I think again when you talk about that line of upgrade versus not upgrade. There's better lefties you can go out there and get to have on your active roster for the entirety of the season. But Alex Young is a great, just in case, he's a great break glass in case of emergency guy down at Louisville uh, for a team that is going to be fighting for a playoff spot. And if that really is, and and it should be the role that he fills next year, then he has a lot of value to Mm -hmm. this team. I just don't think that, if if you're talking about the best iteration of the bullpen on opening day, I don't think Alex Young should be a part of that. A, a very interesting one for me, somebody that's worth discussing here, Ben Lively, because Ben Lively really gave this team a lot of admirable innings. Now, that's not to say that he was like on fire here. He wasn't like super amazing. The XFIP said that he got a little bit unlucky with his ERA on the year. But overall, he was a pretty league average pitcher when it came to um, just about everything else. He was actually below league average when it came to striking people out. But he also limited the walks as well. Do you keep Ben Lively as a long relief type dude? I'm really torn on this. You know, again, you talk about he, he didn't, you know, he didn't blow you away 
with his strikeout numbers, uh, eight point, you know, he averaged exactly eight strikeouts per nine. The walk rate though was great. 2.5 walks mm-hmm. per nine. That, that is, that is great. I'll take that from every pitcher on this roster. Do you give him a roster spot? Do you make him your long man? It depends on the answer to this question. Do you think the reds will go spend significant money and sign three really good relievers? Because that's really what we're talking about. Uh, this conversation has definitely created two slots for the Reds to go out and get free agent relief pitching. Would they spend to get a third? If they will, if they do the three $6 million men like we talked about this week, then maybe I'm willing to go ahead and try and put Ben Lively through waivers and see if there's any takers. Uh, I put Ben Lively out there and see if uh, he'll accept a minor league assignment or if he reco- if, if we have to release him. Uh, if they're willing to spend for the upgrade, then it's not that big a loss. Uh, if they're not, then I think you want Ben Lively as your long guy in the rotation or in, in the and, bullpen. And I also think, too, like I'm, I'm going to add a caveat to this. If Ben Lively's your long man and you go out and you sign two relief pitchers and a starting pitcher, sign me up for that. I, I love that idea because I, I think that it, there's an element of length that the bullpen missed last year. You could tell that David Bell was really trying to turn some guys into long men. He, he, he mentioned it early on in the season. He wanted guys to go multiple innings, things like that. There are just some guys that aren't that type of pitcher. And I think that when you have a guy that is like Ben lively, I think that could be valuable and sure the strikeout rate you'd love to see come up, but I'm with you. The walk rate, very, very good. Um, and he's a guy that I'd be okay. Like if Brandon Williamson's kind of struggling through a start or something like that. You can bring him in and, and lock up two or three innings and not have to waste multiple bullpen guys on that outing. Um, I, I think with this, and this this also brings up a name, a couple of names as well that Reds fans are familiar with because they saw them pitch a couple of years ago that I, I just think kind of leaves them the odd men out for different reasons. Reaver San Martin and TJ Yanto. Where do they kind of fall into this? I think Reaver is going to be that organizational depth kind of guy. I think he'll be stashed down in Louisville and in a pinch come up. Now, he could change the narrative. He could pitch really great in AAA, and if he gets an opportunity in the majors, you know, it's it's the it's the what have you done for me lately effect. If he comes up and, and pitches well, it'll be hard to send him back down. But he's going to have to prove it, and I think to prove it, uh, he'll start out in AAA to do it. The other name, though, the other guy we haven't talked about, and I'm sure there's, there's some people that are already like, hey, but what about, and, and that guy's TJ Antone. And listen, I think TJ Antone is a phenomenal guy. He's been through a lot of adversity. He's battled back now from two Tommy Johns. But but here's really the, the short answer, Jeff. Uh, he made it back to the big leagues after his second Tommy John. That is amazing. Five games later, he had arm problems. And I don't know that you can count on him to be anything. I don't know if he's going to be able to stick around and pitch in the major leagues. If his arm's going to hold up to it. Um, there's too many question marks. I would, there would be zero surprise. And I almost expect to hear the news that he is retiring soon. There's no reporting on that. That's just speculation at this point for me, but elbow discomfort is such a, that in and of itself is a positive spin on what probably his elbow was really feeling like whenever he came out of that outing, his final outing of the season. And I just don't know that you come out of elbow discomfort and you say, sure, he's going to be in good year when pitchers and catchers support ready to go. Like 
I kind of feel like this is going to be the thing where TJ really looks in the mirror and just says, is, is this worth pushing through again and rehabbing again and coming back to see what I've got? Because who knows? Maybe he comes back and then maybe after another five appearances, he has more elbow discomfort. So I just, I think at this point, we're probably not counting on TJ Yanto. We, we said this last season, we weren't really counting on TJ Yanto at that point. And I think that only continues um, as we move into this offseason. Well, this I know. Some of these players, Jeff, will make for great organizational depth. They're great players to stash in case you need them. Uh, but if the Reds are serious about making a postseason run in 2024, uh, they're going to need to go out and get some upgrades in the bullpen. And coming up with these players out, there are a couple slots to fill now in the bullpen. Uh, we're going to tell you what type of pitcher the Reds should target next. You can follow us in between episodes. Uh, you can follow Jeff and I on X, Twitter, Elon yes. online, whatever <laughs> we're calling it. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's a Jeff with three F's. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. That's spelled with two F's. You can also follow the show at Locked on Red. Also, get into the Discord community. The link is down in the show description. Lots of great Reds conversation happens over there. There's also several other channels we've got cooking within our Discord community. There's a gaming channel. There is a Bengals channel for a football season if you want to get in there and chat about that. A lot of great conversation with a lot of great people. So join us today because we love talking all things with you. All right, Jeff. We've created a couple holes. By doing this, we have two slots for sure that the Reds need to go out and sign. Depending on what would happen with Ben Lively, there could be a third spot. And you kind of hinted at that when we were talking about him there in the last segment. Uh, with those two slots, I think it's way too early to target and talk about specific guys. But looking at the numbers from 2023, there's definitely a type of pitcher that is needed in this Reds bullpen to really help put them on solid ground to make a postseason run for 2024. Yeah. Every dayers will know I've mentioned a couple of names and the biggest reason that I mentioned those names is because they keep the ball on the ground. I've been saying this all episode. We've been saying this all episode of what Reds pitchers need to do. The bullpen last season had a ground ball rate of 39%. And you're saying, Jeff, why is that such a big deal? Because they play in Great American Ballpark, where if you put the ball in the air, you about got a 50-50 shot of hitting a homer. Like, it's just at this point, and, and the Reds bullpen actually, according to, you know, some metrics, one of, one of the metrics we look at for predictability on pitchers is homer to fly ball ratio, and league average is around 12 to 13%. The Reds bullpen was at 10%. So the bullpen as a whole, kind of got lucky on the fly balls that they allowed and and how far they really went. So you look at that and you say, that might be a little bit different next year. So get some guys that keep the ball on the ground. That's really what they've got to prioritize in free agency. Whoever, well, whatever the names are and whoever they go after, that's where they need to start. Well, that being said, then, uh, one name we have not talked about, and we did that on purpose to get into this segment, is the Reds' lone free agent coming out of the 2023 bullpen, and that's Buck Farmer. Now, interestingly enough, SpotTrack has his uh, estimated value per year heading into 2024 at $5 million. If that's what he's going to get paid, I'm a hard pass already. But taking what you just said about ground balls, uh, I think that eliminates him from serious contention as well. 
Yeah, he had a 33% ground ball rate. Now, it's interesting because if you really dive into those numbers, Fernando Cruz had a worse ground ball rate. Lucas Sims had a worse ground ball rate. But what they did better than Buck Farmer was strike people out. Buck Farmer's strikeout rate was at 22%, which is right there at league average. And overall, his ERA was not that unlucky. In fact, it was a little bit lucky compared to what they say on XFIP. His XFIP was 4.8 to a 4.2 ERA. All of these numbers say that I think that Luke Farmer is a fine relief pitcher. He's, he's a solid relief pitcher. But you don't pay $5 million per year for a fine relief pitcher. He was a, he was a great little surprise off the waiver wire that that Nick Crawl was able to pick up. But I think if you got to pay $5 million for a fine relief pitcher, then that's an overpay. You know, I said this when we talked about getting a starter versus getting relief pitching, you know, if they were going to go out and spend $17 million on a pitcher, I would much rather see them spend $6 million and get three, $7 million and grab a couple yeah. really lights out relievers. That's really, I think what the right answer is, but because we're sending Alex young down to triple a and stashing him as kind of a backup guy, one of these relief pitcher signings needs to be a lefty. They cannot do what they did last season and, and just have one left-handed pitcher down there in the bullpen. They've got to go get a left-hander to help out Sam Mull. Yes, there's some uh, lefties that I kind of been looking at who might be free agents who the Reds could definitely go after. Uh, you love having Alex Young down there in AAA and Revar San Martin, but you want guy you want a guy you can really count on. Maybe even a setup guy that's a left-hander uh, that could be a very very good option. And if they're like Sam Ball, Sam Ball is actually very good at keeping the ball on the ground. Fifty percent of balls he allowed in play were ground balls last season. So you love to see that kind of a number. Keep that up. Get the ground balls in play because this this infield defense is going to be better. It's going to be more consistent with guys getting more playing time. Uh, there's a lot of folks out there that are like really uh, convinced that Ellie De La Cruz is just going to be an error machine at shortstop. And I don't think that's the case. I think that he just gets more focus as he moves through his career. So you keep the ball on the ground. You allow this infield that is full of athletes to just to – just get that in their glove, throw out the first, move on. Because the biggest thing with all of this, if you look at strikeout rate and walk rate and all this other stuff, that means that the pitch counts are rising up. We want quick, efficient innings. Get us out of here. Get this amazing lineup back in the batter's box. Well, one thing's for sure, Jeff. Uh, we don't know who they're going to sign, but we are definitely certain that in their free agent shopping, uh, the Reds should definitely have a type. I think it'd be a yes. good way to put that. <laughs> they definitely should have a type. Have a type. And on that note, I think that is where we should go ahead and wrap it up for the day. Get us out of here, Jeffrey. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for checking out today's Locked On Reds podcast as we, we kind of looked at the bullpen and, and we're going to continue to keep looking at different players that the Reds can add. And with that caveat of, they got to keep the ball on the ground. And we will be with you every step of the way throughout the off season. But tomorrow. We return low, uh, Aloha Friday on a 1 p.m. Eastern start time. You get to drive the ship. We'll be talking about everything we've been looking at this uh, week here. You know, favorite memories, what if moments, who the Reds can add in the bullpen. What's going on with Joey Votto? We're talking with you about that tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time on the first edition of Aloha Live Friday 
here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Why is that, Steve? Well, make sure you're here at 1 p.m. Friday. Have your Mai Tais ready. Have your Aloha shirts on. We're going to dig in and keep you locked on Reds every single day. Are you going to wear a coconut bra, Jeff? 1 p.m. Mai Tai. That sounds like a good idea, actually. And then I might wear a coconut bra. <laughs> <laughs> 